Ladies and gentlemen, this is Butch Bradley. I'm chilling with Leo Flowers. Got <laughs> to tell him why I am still alive. Why he's still alive and how. That's that's the why and the how. Those are the two most yeah. important things. It's funny you said that because I never really thought about the fact that I was alone. So sometimes other people have other people, you know, step in or call you. I wasn't even knowing that I was on the edge. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, as I think I told you before, so to catch everyone up. So I lost my brother like seven years ago. I'd yeah. say the first, and you know, you're killing comedy, you're rocking comedy. Yes. I went to the funeral. I, my family was crazy. He was young. He was hit by lightning. It was rare. He was like an important part of the whole family, you know? I don't think you had to tell anybody getting hit by lightning was rare. Yeah, I think that, right. I, I think that's implicit. Right, right. You is. know, I think, you know, it's so funny. I think you even saying it as many times as I, dude, sometimes I smile because people are like, hey, so sorry you lost your brother. Right. How did he die? And I'm like, here we go. I know. And then I'm like hit by lightning and they're like, that's really not funny, man. Like, I'm like, dude, I'm, no one makes that up. Nobody. And it is quite hysterical. It like is. Like if it was a car accident, sad. And isn't, yeah, right. Right. Cancer, sad. Lightning. Uh, oh, all right, that's really a good hysterical. point you're on because I also thought that I have no one to take revenge on. Wow. I have no, I don't even, I can't even go hunting, you know. I right. can't, right. you know, go buy an old cool muscle car, put some guns in it, grab my Jack Daniels and hunt, start hunting. You know, I did, I, I lost my whole independent movie role, you know. <laughs> Butch, I'm excited to get into your story. Let me, let me do a quick intro for the people listening. Uh, this is another episode of Before You Kill Yourself podcast, and I have Butch Bradley on. And, and the reason why, for, for the listeners out there, there are three main things I want to get from this. I'm going to let Bill tell, uh, Butch tell his entire story, obviously. And you can tell he's excited. I'm excited to have him on here. And these are the type <laughs> of people I want to bring onto the podcast. But one, he talks about being lonely and moving someplace that he's never been or experienced before right and a lot of people feel and and sometimes you can feel lonely in a place that you've been your entire life you could grow up in a, a town so i want you guys to to listen in for how he coped with that all right because he moved to asia and doesn't even speak mandarin two i also want you to hear about like he like he mentioned already the fact that he lost his brother how he dealt with loss so we're talking about how to deal with being lonely and isolated also how to deal with loss and then Third, I also want you to take away from this why he left here to go to Asia. Because a lot of people are in situations that are bad situations that are tough for them to leave. But some people are also in great or good situations that they should still leave. Just because the situation is good. Yeah, right. Just right. because things are going good and thriving right. doesn't mean that you should stay. That's, that still right. might be a reason to leave. Right. So with that said, I'm good. Butch Brad, like he has so much to say. I'm probably going to say very little beyond this, and I, I really want him to get into his story. And, and but I just want you to guys to listen in for those main takeaways from it. Yeah. So okay. So I'm a comedian. I've been doing stand up for you know quite a lot of years, and everything's wonderful. I just get my place in Redondo Beach. Mm. I'm right by the clubs, the factory, the improv, the comedy magic. The stu- like it's just like what? It's perfect. It's perfect. Prime. Yes. And I'm um, going for runs in the morning, careers jamming, and um, I'm daydreaming about my brother and my buddies coming out to be with me during a time where comedy is fluid and they can 
go, wow, are we really across the street from the Pacific Ocean? Let's go grab a beer. Let's go to a comedy club. Let's, you know, and right as everything seemed perfect, my, you know, I was actually flying east for a wedding that I really didn't have a lot of time to go do. But my brother ironically said, you know, hey, our childhood friend Mike is getting married I can't be there. I've never asked you for anything. I need you to put comedy on pause and fly east. And I thought, damn, he pulled that. He's right. He's never asked me. I got to come up with the cash. Plus, we love Mike. He's our brother. Okay, Bri, I got this. Mm-hmm. Getting an airplane. I'm flying east. Uh, as we get close to, to uh, we're coming into, you, you know, the east, like New York, New Jersey, New England, you know, that whole eastern hemisphere. I'm in a severe electrical storm. And uh, I was like, this is incredible. All the flying I do. This is the legit. turbulence had to be terrible. It was legit. Like, boom, boom, boom. We land in Boston. I kind of laugh. I shake it off a little. My phone, I charge it up. I've got. Only the amount of message messages I've ever had since 9-11. This time, I take a beat. I go, you know what? I don't even want to know. I look at the news. The news looks normal. I'm going to get my bags. I'm going to go find a spot to sit down. I went, found my little spot. I started rolling through to see who I wanted to give me the bad information. Right. I chose my buddy Steve because he's, he's black and white with information. Soon as he starts to speak, he does not sound normal. I'm like, what is going on? I could, I think he said my brother, my brother had passed. I don't even think I heard it. I just started putting pieces together through all these, my cousins and weird and people I don't even know well because social media, I didn't know. A lot of people already knew my brother had been working on the top of a casino and there was a storm and the young guys didn't know how to close out this job. So my brother went up. And he's a master foreman. He went up, called for a concrete port from the bucket. As the bucket came down, he told them all to back up. Lightning striking. They're the, on, they're the only last handful of people on the building. It's all evacuated. But they're being told they have to finish the job. My brother, being a good dude, climbs up there. Right before it, uh, he's hit, he, he takes a picture of his boots that are like a foot underwater on the roof of this building. And he wow. texts... I love you, babe. Not good. Not good at all. And uh, that he knew. Yeah. Bizarre. That photo and that information eventually is why there was, you know, a lawsuit that, you know, had some positive effect for the fan, for her and the boys. But he reached up, grabbed the bucket. Lightning hit the top, came down. Uh, He was a very healthy, fit dude. Dude, Jack like you. And not one mark on his body, just a little black dark uh, dark spot on the top of his shoe. The other gentlemen were splashed by electricity. And honestly, looking back, before we get into this, I'm happier that my brother passed because they're a mess. It was rough on them. Electricity running through your body like that leaves you with so many severe life, uh, you know, situations. Oh, it's unbelievable. You know, and they were young men, but... It just, it's, that's it, done deal. So um, I went through the funeral process. I went through everything. I was totally in shock. I was almost really good because I was so shocked out. I was blotto, smiling, hugging people. I don't even think I really dumped yet. 
And, uh, you know. So you hadn't cried up to this moment? I don't yet. think so, no. Not really. Like, like really cried. And then um, I was upset, but um, it was way after the funeral. Like, I was driving, you know, just, like, starting to feel weird things. But I got an offer to go to China. To go to China to live, to host my own show weekly for an ex- a large amount of money. And I was already losing it a bit. You know, I was starting to lose it. Like seven months later, things were changing. I was like, I'd, I'd stop it. I never bought liquor out of a store. It was always around me. I was like, you know what? And I honestly, I didn't think of it weird. I was like, I'm going to buy a bottle of wine. People do that. I'm going to buy wine. But <laughs> I, when I remember going into the liquor store and I was like, ooh, I feel a little like, you know, I'm doing something. Yeah, I don't normally come in here. I, you know, I do my drinking, you know, classy over the bar. Right. You know, right. there's people around. It's a social yeah, event. Right. You, right. right. So there's grabbed- something uh, uh, creepy about, not creepy, but, you know, there's like, there's the social drinkers and you have the person who, like, gets to drink and they put in a paper bag and they don't it's like the shameful drink yeah it was weird it's like i'm not like i'm going in here alone (laughs) but and i still didn't know what i was up to seriously the subconscious was totally run its own little operation for me and uh instead of one bottle though i did buy two bottles Mm. although never bought wine before for the home i would buy alcohol if like i was having people over but not in this setting so i'd start to have a couple glasses of wine after even leaving a gig when usually you had a couple on a couple nights a week with all the guys. That was sort of happening, but not really out of control. And then I got the offer to China, and I went out there, and it was incredible. And I remember driving over in Shanghai in a taxi in this stunning visually, like, holy God, this is powerful moment in the cab, and I started to cry. Because I thought, here's another incredible moment I can't share with my brother. Not only was I crying, but I couldn't gain control of it. And I could almost talk through it. Like, I was almost laughing to try and tell the cabbie in English... Yo, I'm fine. I'm right. fine. This is this is na- right. Yeah, right, like right. don't even worry about me. <laughs> yeah, ni hao, ni hao. Yeah, right. Yeah, and he, you know, China's cool, dude. He didn't even bat an eyelash. He's probably just like, man, Americans got a lot of shit right. going on. You know, I, I want to unpack a couple things that you said. Uh, uh, first of all, thank you for sharing that because yeah, yeah. it's it's so tough for a lot of people to to talk about the you know losing someone. But it, 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 to me, that it was so ironic that you're flying through turbulence and you're you're flying through lightning in a storm, and you feel like you're gonna die. Right. And at that same time, your brother's probably having the same feeling. Interesting. I never thought about. You know that. what I'm saying? Yeah. It, like, it, it did hit me that I was probably airborne yeah. with while one of those bolts, you know, uh, hit it, you know, Absolutely. and not and knocked him and. Uh, I mean, the whole city was talking about it. Like it was, it's Atlantic City. The whole, yeah. the whole South Jersey along the ocean. Everyone was like, "Get off the beach," you know. So you're right. I was flying through it. I thought about that later. That I was in that storm, and in a way, I was. I that was comforting in some strange way. Yeah. You know, but uh, yeah, in China, started working, and then I was gigging, and. Uh, and, and funny looking back, okay, I'm just going to speak from where I was then. I, I was going to, I was like, you know what, I'm here, I'm going through something, I'm going to allow myself. 
I had toured Asia for years in Singapore and Hong Kong and, and Malaysia and, and I had even gone to India and I started to have a feel of this part of the world, how to share my voice and translate all of the things that we have in common. Yeah. And I thought, you know, I'm going to have some wine. I'm going to allow myself to unprofessionally drink a little. So now, now when you say allow, take us back to like, cause you said like you only used to drink like. Uh, I wouldn't drink before shows. You wouldn't drink before shows. No way. And you, you would only drink uh, so, at a bar, maybe socially. Yeah, after the club, I'd have some cocktails with the friends. And, right. And I was always like maybe that personality coming out of Jersey where, you know, last call in my town was quarter to four. And maybe, you know, I was a person years ago where alcohol could always possibly sneak up and bite you. But I think when my brother died, my body changed, my emotions changed, I changed. So, you know, definitely, uh, you know, and I'll, I'll speak a little bit after, but like, you know, obviously when you're going through something, you don't go to alcohol. But as I said, I was not really aware that I was sliding into you were this. sliding into alcohol. Yeah, like wow. like it was always around me, but I'd be like, hey, Leo, we're getting together. We're, there, was no, there was no innocent move. I'm like, yo, all of us are in town. We're meeting at that dirty little bar. We're getting ugly. I don't even want to hear you. You get here. Let's have some fun. All the, you know, that was more of maybe when I was going to dance with the devil. But this was more like, I'm just having a couple glasses of wine. You know, wine. I'm having wine. And that's a dangerous word, just. Yeah. A lot of people go, it's just one. It's yeah. just for the night. Yeah. It, uh, just as, you know, just for the evening. That Anytime you have the word just in your vocabulary, that's a sign that you are sliding into something yeah. that uh, is, is, is going to exponentially become a disaster for you down the road. It, and as I said, I, like, I had some wonderful people there hosting me. I had a wonderful environment. I was killing. I would say I was, you know, there was like maybe two times where I legit crossed a line. And, you know, I look back and I'm like... You know, you know, cross the line comedically. Too much alcohol. Okay. I was getting tired. But this is before that moment. I was leading up. I was becoming more sad, like starting to. Because what happened is in China, my neighborhood, I was the only guy. It wasn't a normal gig where someone was catering to me on a daily basis. I now live in Shanghai. Day four, everyone that's helping me, they're still helping me, but they have lives to live. So Thursday, Friday, Saturday, sometimes Wednesday, sometimes Sunday, I'm gigging. But I still have to go to and from my gig, which in China, traveling 10 minutes is um, literally an hour and 15, an hour and 20. It's very crowded. Traveling very an hour, yes. you're looking at two plus hours. You get better, you get tricky. You can jump on a moped ride by the train station. You start to get gutsy. You learn how to cruise a moped. You know, all these little things. But in, in the beginning, you're just getting your butt kicked. And Now, what's the gig specifically that you... Well, how many people are you performing in front of? Is it a theater? It like was, a, it was a, like a comedy club. Okay. It was the, like the first comedy, Ameri you know, uh, first comedy club in China. And I was the first American stand-up to ever live and work in China. And it was a great opportunity. And the other young comics there, I came out, I worked with comics from Germany, Italy, Iran, France... Uh, China, tons of Chinese comics, some American comics, 
Uh, and I was kind of gateway pulling in other headliners from the States. I brought in Schubert, you know, Ruben, a ton of guys. You know, I just started going, no, it's cool. Don't bug out. The gigs were killer because we'd have people from all around the world, all the expats. And then, and to our great surprise, which was the suspicion of the owners that came up with this beautiful idea, uh, you know, uh, Andy and Turner, and they just had a gut feeling, and it was exploding. 30% of the audience was Chinese, you know, 18 to 25. Then all of a sudden it was 40%. They're all speaking English. They all learned English from iconic American comics like Eddie Murphy, Chris Rock. It's so funny. So, so they, they all have that high-pitched cadence. Yeah, yeah. Just, was, so what's up? Yeah, yeah, it was funny. Like, But, like, they really would learn from American movies. But I'm not, I cannot tell you how many times Eddie Murphy and Chris Rock were complimented for wow. their English as a second language skill teaching abilities. So uh, it was just so cool. And I was still having all this joy and meeting all these world celebrities like Michelle Aborod, like this unbelievable female boxer from England and the number one DJ in the world and just like all these cool artists and painters. And it was just, and I'd interview them on a show called The Gathering that I started with Ruben Paul in LA some years ago. So I had like the Shanghai version. You'd sit, we'd have some wine, there'd be comedy. I'd host like three comics, I'd close out with a celebrity. So, so there's just, a lot of alcohol involved too. Because you well, have the show is, with the alcohol, yeah. and then and it's you're China still sliding, and it's China, and it's the wild, so, wild west. Anything goes. What does that mean? There's I've no last call. You could, you could, you could go out till nine a.m. Like um, Chinese people don't really judge or anything, and it's like really, like I, I can't explain it. You could go to nightclubs. China makes New York look cute. Really? Yeah. So is there because you know there's no last call? People are partying. Did you feel like there was a lot of alcoholism there, or did you feel like I feel people like, had it under they had their partying under control? I think that ironically. I think that most people like I never saw any really. I never saw Chinese people abusing any of the rules that 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 didn't exist for them. I just saw expats from around the world, maybe English, all the other countries. But um, sure, it showed up in other people's lives, but they weren't entertainers. You know, like I have to perform, you know, I'm not going to the gym. I'm isolated. Where do I eat? Finding meals was crazy. And then it took like three months even to establish like normalcy, sleep. Uh, they were building in my neighborhood for 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You can Google this. It's legit. I watched them build a building across the street from like five floors to like 22 floors in like eh, less than five months. 24 hours right. so you're not really sleeping you're overwhelmed my internet would shut out i didn't have a telephone to just call and get sanity all of a sudden my brother's death was just really i'd come I, i'd kill and i could disappear into the show and the crowd and i was probably at like three or four glasses of wine by the time i left you know take two two hours to do the show maybe have one more i'm still not too crazy getting a train all of a sudden it hits me. I'm alone again, crossing China, even though I'm living a blessing. But what's waiting for me? Beautiful 33-floor apartment overlooking Shanghai. Amazing, but loneliness and just me and my brothers and I here. And it just started escalating. And I started to notice, like, because the way China is, is when you open your glass balcony... You could walk right off the walk right off. They don't put bars there. Well, it's not like Vegas where there's a bar and, and like, you can't even open. Yeah, the you windows. can't open your window or right. door. 
And when I first got that apartment, the guy left and goes, you know, he's American. We should put the bars up. These, these, and joke, he was joking. He's like, these people jump. I, I, I understood the part of it. And I said to the realtor, did he say he wants to make sure I don't jump? And she was like, yeah. She's like, people from other countries tend to fall off. And I was like, really? I go, well, you tell him. That's ridiculous. I'm not going to fall off, let alone even go near, because it's scary. Well, who knew, you know, six months into being in China, I'm like, I was like feeling like this ungodly amount of anxiety that I never had in my life, just like a pressure. And I might go home and kill like another three, four glasses. Nothing was helping. I was just feeling like mush, no energy. Uh, and so what kind of things were you doing? You said nothing was helping. I mean, you know, because you had this well, meeting like I could have uh, five glasses of wine and I could have a, a two shots of Jack. I'm not there. It's not like at home where maybe you had a bad day and someone's like, you know what? Have a glass of wine, go to sleep. And you're like, oh, that brought me down a little. I'm fine. Good night, everybody. <laughs> you know, you know, <laughs> you know, like the bullshit right. lie that yeah. that oh, wine took yeah. care of everything. Absolutely. You know, but. I, I couldn't even get to a place where I had t- 10 minutes to breathe to put my head on and go, just chill. This is a great time in your life. You're going to go home. Your brother's in an okay place. His family's doing well. But, um, you know, it was... And, and let me unpack that for a second because I think a lot of people tell themselves exactly what you tell what you were telling yourself in that, you know, everything is great. I have this dope apartment. Yeah. Uh, I'm making good money. I'm... I'm I'm destroying in my I'm having a, my career is great. Um, I have nothing from the outside in to be ungrateful for. Yes, my brother passed away, but you know the the, the family's okay now because they got money and like they're, everything they're dealing with that. So I, I think what happens is we never take time to acknowledge why we do feel the way we do. You know, uh, I, I the other day I called a, a eight hundred uh, the eight hundred uh, talk line. Yeah. It's a, not not the suicide line. Suicide is for more acute, but then there's other phone numbers where if you just need to talk to someone. Yeah. And because I was feeling a, a, a certain kind of way. Yeah. And, and I and I remember telling her that uh, I was like, it's ridiculous that I feel shame and guilt about this. Is so small, and she said that there is no hierarchy of pain. Yeah. And that all your feelings are valid. And if, if you feel pain, there's a valid reason why you feel that. I mean, if you think about, right, what you've been through, your brother just died. Yeah, yeah. Unexpected. It's not like yeah. he was sick and then you're expecting him to die. Bru- he bru- just died. Yeah, and yeah. he left his family behind. Yeah. And your career is thriving. But family matters to you. And it's all about, and it was like you said before, when you were redondo, it was about sharing your experiences. Yeah, with yeah, yeah, it wasn't yeah. just about getting the thing you wanted for yourself. Right. You wanted to get it and share it. And now the person that you want to share this thing with is no longer there. Yeah. And it's like, but we don't take time to look at it like that. Right. We go, no, everything is great. Like my bills are paid. My yeah, job yeah, is yeah, dope, yeah, right? Yeah. And I couldn't even get home to my nephews because our career pulls us. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, wait a minute. I'm in China. I can't even like call and talk to the boys. I can't check in on his wife. And I'm not economically in a place where I could just throw my career on hold and go live home. And even though I thought comedy's so crazy and my career's going so well that I might have that opportunity, but it's definitely not here now. And but they need me now. Now they 
the, just side note, she was smart. My brother's uh, wife, my sister-in-law, she and I would always talk openly, honestly. Other people don't. They avoid it. They would be awkward. I'd go to big family situations. I could see them as I was walking in, really enjoying an experience, as always. But then they'd see me, and the room would just twist like like a like a tin can. And and I understood that I was the bringer of pain because Brian and I would go in. We would joke around. We'd bust chops. He'd throw a beer to me. We'd go, yeah, that's right. We're getting started. You know, we'd play. We'd goof, you know, and then my aunts would come pick on us and go, I can't believe you guys aren't, you know, why are you wearing suits? Were you just in court? You know, like, it was just like a fun thing. So all of, you know, the, the way people act, the way, and I said this to you before, People are just expect that, you know, hey, it's Thursday. You just lost someone you love. We expect you in uh, work on Monday. You take an, you know what, Tuesday, take an extra day. Right. Like you're going <laughs> to, yeah, right. Like you're <laughs> going to show up Tuesday and be like, woo, wow, I'm better now. My best friend who I talk to six days a week, whether we were fighting or laughing or, or literally trying to kill each other right. and then say we were sorry for it is gone. But, yeah, I'll show up Tuesday. Probably not good for the other employees, by the way. I probably won't be a dream to work with. Butch, where's the project? <laughs> you know what? Really had other things on my mind last night. Sorry if this company's losing money. You get the same time off for, for Labor Day weekend that you do for losing a right. loved one. Which is I insane. could probably do better if somehow I could pull off convincing them I was pregnant. Maybe I'd get like two months to handle my baby, you know, which I'm not taking that away that women deserve it. They deserve a year, you Absolutely. know, but Absolutely. it's just so funny, you know. But uh, What were the things that people were saying to you and what were the things you wish they said to you like well, you know i like had someone say something hurtful that i've never repeated that i'm going to repeat here i did get snagged i told you on one on a on a show in china where i can't tell you how exhausted i just started getting from being depressed i just started getting as i'm a, as you can tell i always have energy uh i just i was so tired i would I would drink so much coffee to like go to the stage and then I'm like, but I need a glass of wine just so I can. And I'd, I'd find like this weird little chemical mix. I'd eat, try and eat well, do 10 push-ups. Oh, a cup of coffee, a, a splash of wine. Okay, I can fool these people for about an hour and 40 minutes. And then, you know, I'd remember what the fairy godmother said. And, and you know, the carriage is going to turn into a pumpkin. You better get your ass on a Chinese train, right. you know. So, but this guy, I had one show where I was just, ex I forgave myself for this because I went through this. But I was exhausted. I, my, You know, and I did, I was doing a big theater. One of the five nights, I, I about 14 minutes in, I the alcohol hit me and I was exhausted. And I just said, you know what? I said, I'm sorry. I'm just, this isn't going to happen tonight. And everybody was upset. Funny, I'm the one that had the gig, booked the gig, corrected everything. It was China. China is so cool the way they do business. I'm like, you don't owe me for that night. Add another night. This is what's going on in my life, but I'm going to, I'm going to switch this around. And they were like, Ooh, okay. You're going to give us a night in the theater. I'm like, you take Every dollar, I apologize, I'm going to man up. But what someone said to me was, they sat me down and they were like, you know, i got to tell you, you know, you're not special. You know, your brother died, that's not unique. 
it took everything in my body not to remove him from the face of the earth. Right, right. And I mean, it went through my brain. I'm like, he's. I'm in a public place. I'm in China. I mean, at home, I could probably argue I snapped. Here, I'll just disappear, you know, or they'll just kill both of us and they don't want the problem and they'll mop the floor and put the Starbucks table back out, you know. So, you know, but that was insane That's when... insane. Insane. And it was so hurtful, but yet... I like it. It stayed with me. And I'm not unique that I had lost someone, but I am unique that in this moment I need someone to say the right thing to me. Absolutely. And and what was, you know, also the, the big takeaway from that is that, you know, yeah, you, you lost someone and um, it, it, I can't believe it. You know what? I didn't reason. lose someone too it, it, because I lost the color blue. I lost the way things smelled. Uh, I lost getting and enjoying the car, turning music wow. on. I'm in Target, 80s music's playing, I'm crying. You lose, I lose the way my family saw me. I know they were worried all the time. It took years for all of us to fall back into a position where the puzzle pieces aren't quite fitting, but we've created a new puzzle, you know, a new image. We, you know, like, you, I, I couldn't, the things that gave me joy no longer gave me joy. Like, right. you know, and right. years and still occasionally today do I get up and go, that is hilarious. I got to call Brian. He's going to lose his mind. Or I got to tell him, you know, I was at the cellar with Leo. Or I was at the L.A. Comedy Club murdering it. And, and DJ Ashma showed up, the guitarist from Guns N' Roses. Or, you know, but all, like... But literally, the color blue in the ocean and wanting to go swim and running. I hate running, but I love it. Because once I break a certain place, I disappeared. I, I couldn't do... I was like, God, how do, I, I kept trying to force myself. Yeah. I would tell someone, rest is very important. It's so... Dude, I didn't know that until so years big. of dragging myself. Like, literally not telling... I think they all just thought I was nuts, but I'm like, because I was hiding it, because I was so, I could not sleep, I couldn't get rest from sleep, and then I'm like pounding caffeine, and I'm not at the gym anymore, and I'm not eating right, and no one is telling me, dude, just, you're fine, lay down on the couch for a month, and let's think about what you want to do on that day in 31 in 32 31, days, right? yeah. Because I think what happens, we always think we have to do more than we have to do, and we have to ramp it up. And yeah. The same thing with a diet. It's like, I got to go buy a Fitbit and get the workout clothes and get the shoes. Yeah. And I got to sign. And it's like, no, nah, dude, just like go for a walk every day for 20 yeah. minutes and see what happens. Or well, just drink some water, you know? Like, yeah. Less sometimes is, is best for sure. I did find myself out on that balcony eventually. Probably a couple times I literally played it out like teasing mm, myself mm. to just feel what it felt like out there because I thought like maybe, that breeze hit you. Yeah, I thought <laughs> look, like I thought maybe like if I get up and I talk to this idea and it scares the hell out of me, maybe it'll snap me out of all this pain. And I thought about it. I was bawling my eyes out and I really came I, I, I was a hundred percent in the thought process. Right. But I never could commit, and I was, like, so upset that I was going to have to just deal with all this pain. And, and, and I was also blessed at the same time. And, um, you know. So but as, so as you're, you're thinking about this and you're playing it out in your head. On the balcony of the 33rd floor in Shanghai. on the balcony. Yeah. The breeze is hitting I your put face. my leg up. You got your leg up. Yeah, I put my leg up. You're looking down. 
I was looking out. Out. <laughs> yeah. Looking out. I knew down. I was afraid that I was going to commit by accident. Gotcha. Like you lose your balance. Yeah, I didn't want to lose my balance. I was. I was. It's so funny. Yeah. Like, like you want to jump, but you don't want to lose your balance. Yeah, yeah, right. Like, isn't it funny how yeah. we? Yeah. I didn't want to fall. If I did this, I wanted them to go. Nope. He jumped. He cleared the playground. Right. You know. Right. Like. And I, then, so what got you to bring that leg? My brother, the love that my brother and I had and who we are as people and that how selfish. I, I, I'm not, I don't think that that's selfish. I think it depends on where you are and who you are. God bless Absolutely. you if you're facing that. But I thought I still had something in me that wanted me to live hard. And I pulled it up, my leg over and I thought, I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to live. I'm going to make the kids proud of me, the nephews. I'm going to you know, carry the strength my brother and I have and our family has, and I'm going to take the strength that all these incredible people that are around me that are stepping to the side and going, yo, if you need anything, you know, like Brad Garrett reached out to me. Wow. He had lost his brother and I never knew it. Yeah. He's, he's honestly was besides my sister-in-law, probably one of the most honest, normal conversations I had about the loss of someone you loved. Everyone else was just full of shit. And it just, it's so stupid when you're full of shit. You know what I mean? Like, you're trying to be nice, but just be honest. Be like, you're dying right now, aren't you? Yeah, I'm dying, brother. You need me. You call me. You just want to talk. You want to cry on the phone. You, you know, uh, you know, just breathe. I always tell everyone, go to sleep, get rest. Yeah. You got to figure just out. Just shut down all the, it's like a laptop. Shut down yeah. all the windows. Yeah. Shut it down. Yeah. And if you only have two days a week off, Start to accept on Fridays and Saturdays and Sundays, whatever your days are, that your health is first. That you're going to have to just tell husband, dad, wife, you know, whomever, I'm not going to be here Saturday. I still did. I did that today. I did that. Like, what do you mean? I got up and I'm like, I got to guard my health. I go to the gym. I go for my dog for a run, and I let everything go. I still maintain the rules of health from when I came through. Because okay. you're you're no good to anyone if I'm not in a healthy position. So I absolutely, because so many people think it's selfish to put yourself first sometimes. But there are moments when you need to put yourself first so that you can, like you said, yeah. come back and be and be of service and be productive for the team. It's yeah. like you know uh, it, it, when you play sports. Uh, they're not always playing together. Yeah, there's an off season. There are moments where you have to go train by yourself and do things have to that you got to go do rehab by yourself so that when you come back and then in the season is is ready, then you guys are stronger as right. a, as a unit. Yeah, I mean, you 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 just you. I mean, it's hard to do because we're so addicted and obsessed with checking in with social media or your career or multiple phone calls a day. I have to, hey ma, how you doing? Hey, how you doing? How you doing? And how? You, and by the end, you know, you really you, you, you haven't really said anything. No, you haven't said anything. You know, and you, you know, and I do believe in higher power. I don't know what it is. I'm not going to preach God, but I've had some incredible moments. Like when my brother died. I joked because I do and I have had some pretty big spiritual experiences with seeing things and experiencing things. I was really afraid I was going to see my brother who's a big guy like you. And I just thought I literally joked at the funeral and the eulogy. And I said, dude, do not show up. You're going to scare the hell out of me. I said, come back as something cute, like a hummingbird. Well, the next day, 
there are there are no hummingbirds where I'm from in Jersey, okay? Wow. The next day, my sister-in-law calls me, and she's like, there is a hummingbird looking right through the porch door at me. It stayed for about five days. I've had many... Now, everyone, I know you can talk it away, but I've been in a store, a quiet store, where I was drawn upstairs, and it was in this little warehouse where there was things for sale, but there was no windows open, and there was a bell ringing in the back, and I went into the back with my girl, and the only thing moving was a wind chime with hummingbirds in the corner, and there was no wind, like, not two, not three, not, we. I, I, I explained them away myself, everybody, but I'll tell you what. There's something more. I've spent the whole night out drinking with my brother where I've thrown my legs over the bed, hung over, and went, wow, that that was not a dream. But I forgot Bride passed, and that was legit. I got to go throw up. You know, like, there's more out there. There's more than, you know, you find the people that feel good. You fight. I believe you fight for your life. You know, I love love what you, you, you mentioned earlier, too, in that, you know, when you had your leg over the edge yeah. and you're looking out into the abyss that you said you pulled the energy of other people, of of your surroundings, of your environment. And you brought that into yourself. And and there's a lot of people who are who are listening now who may not have any family or any friends, but but you can even pull the energy of people that you've read about characters in books from movies, uh, from the news, uh, uh, people that are strangers to you that that you're aware of but you've never talked to, like or, or even animals or nature. When I go out in nature, man, there's something and there's science. There's, True, there's, there's nature's a big one. Yeah. That shows that being around trees and nature gives you energy. When I when I hike the Grand Canyon. You know, like you're talking about running. Yeah. You, there's a point where you lose yourself. Yeah. And there's, there's no longer you. It's just, uh, you're just, I don't, I, I know exactly what you're saying. When I, when I hike and after so many miles, all of a sudden, it's not me. I'm just in this and, thing. You and feel you know, connected. Yeah. I experienced that in Adelaide. I was in Australia. So the reason I bring that up is because I'm not saying I'm healed. Healing's constant. So when I am in pain, I ended up going for a run thinking about my brother. And I'll tell you what, I was getting a little call in my head. Like I was feeling that gut anxiety, like confused, weird pain build. And I was like, I got to run. I got to run. And I started running in Adelaide in Australia. So gorgeous. And I just started running and started remembering life and what we were and I got this and building energy and running and because I I'm going to heal for the rest of my life and most likely my experiences are going to help others and when I'm a little low I know to go rest call people I love chill I sometimes I'll just go see a matinee check out yeah. i'll go watch aquaman three times yeah. if i need to you know what i mean i'm like i i don't want my girl's like where were you i'm like it was just me and aquaman i needed time i needed time i love you baby but i need time you know so you gotta you, was, you disappear shut that phone yeah. off and just you know do you but um yeah shut it off and get off social media you don't have to respond to everybody immediately. That really is an energy drain. I was praying a lot. I pray a lot. I had a, a, a voice come to me when I was dreaming. It was so loud it woke me up, and it said, uh, let go with fear and fall. Let go with faith and fly. And it felt like it was just 
talking to me about, you know, me wanting to jump. And I knew that it didn't mean if I jumped with faith I was going to fly. It meant just let go as much as you can of everything and just start going forward. And, um, you know, it's like, you know, going forward has worked and it's made me stronger. But as I said, healing from those moments are big and important. And um, and ha- I would never give up that love or that connection, even if it meant I had to experience that pain again at that level or even know that this pain still is in me somewhere. But I would never give up all the fun, being boat boys on a boat together, you know, my mom, you know, on her way home and we're trying to put our couches back together the way she had them because we build forts, you know, pretending to vacuum, you know, trying to explain the broken window, blaming it. We blame so much shit on the kid next door. I don't even know if that kid lived there anymore. You know, like just, you know, I'm not giving up any of those moments. You know what I mean? Uh, and that's a great point, too, is like is to go sometimes where, where, you know, when you're in pain to then look at what you're grateful for. Yeah. Those you know, laugh your face yeah, off. Cry, yeah, laugh. Yeah. Cry and yeah, laugh. And, uh, and so like so you talked about your Saturday routine, right? Like, yeah, yeah. So can you. Can you walk me back through your Saturday routine, and then do you have a daily routine? I do pray. I do try, and and now prayer meaning like you know I was raised Catholic, but I'm not really I'm spiritual really. Are you wait? Are you Irish or Scottish? I'm Irish, American Indian, and Catholic. Okay, wow, (laughs) whatever that is. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, my my grandmother was 100 percent American Indian. My my grandfather was 100 percent Irish, and on the other side, my grandfather was 100 percent Irish, and my grandmother was English and Swedish. So, you know, that makes me, but my family is like Irish, Italian, a lot of women, storytellers, a lot of love and crying at funerals, a lot of alcohol in a good way at the funeral. It's really not a gross thing at the funeral. I mean, you know, they have their drinks, they tell their stories, they cry and heal. You, I mean, we all know you're not supposed to carry that into Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I think I broke those rules in China, but, uh, and I've broken them many times in other places, but. But, uh, you know, um, for me, my mantra would be saying thank you. So, like, I touch my cross when I get in the car. I'm like, wow, I'm going to get in a car, pull out of my place. I have a beautiful girl. I got a little dog. I'm going to go tell jokes. And I try and say thank you to the world. And then, you know, and I do have my ups and downs. I am crazy. But going to the gym is my pill. It's my bottle of wine. That brings me down so good you know run 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 i hate the gym i truly hate it but it's so awesome after i'm in there for like 12 i don't go in there to lose weight i go in there to lose uh excess baggage in my my head yeah i don't want yeah lose parts of myself that's a great way to put it to to get that off of me to peel skin and um that's why i go there and that is you know i just gotta pause for a second that is incredible an incredible statement I don't go to the gym to lose weight. I go there to lose myself. Yeah. That's exactly why I go hiking. Yeah. I get outdoors. Yeah. And I just, people are like, how far are you? I'm, I walk until I don't, I'm not thinking anymore. That's, that. You know it, what I'm saying? Yeah, that's, oh, I, I know go, exactly. Oh, okay, I'm good. That's yeah. when I turn around. Yeah. I got a dog. I got Besso. And the reason that was part of my spiritual thing, I was like, I've always loved dogs and I haven't had one in years. And I'm like, that is so ridiculous that I keep making excuses. 
A dog's going to have me get up in the morning. It's going to stress me, but it's going to show me love. It's going to make me feed. It's going to make me take care of it. It's, it's going to keep you on track. Like keep you me on track. Routine. Yeah. And she's my buddy. And yeah. she goes She goes to the gym. She knows I run her first. And the deal is when I go to the gym, she takes a nap. I come out. She gives me a kiss. We both did our thing. We hang out. You know, we play. And, um, you, you know, I come home late at night. She's excited. I take her out. We go out back. We talk, we relax. My girl laughs at me like I'm nuts, you know? And, um, you know, it just, you got to add those things that you have put away that always made you. I mean, honestly, wow, wait, I, I, I miss having a bike. Go buy a bike like you're oh, a kid and ride a bike yes, around your neighborhood. Yes. You know what I mean? I, it's funny. I was talking to a friend about that. Uh, and we were, I was about how to, like, things that make me feel free. And I said, the thing I loved about Thailand was being on a scooter. Yeah. It gave me a sense of freedom, feeling that breeze. Yeah. I, like, because I'm, I, you know, I grew up, uh, my mom's from Belize and we would go every summer. And the thing I always think about when I think about Belize is the breeze I would feel just sitting on the porch. Yeah. And so that's when I beautiful. don't feel a breeze, I feel stagnant. Yeah. It makes me feel weird. So being on a scooter, being on a bike, yeah. those give me a sense of Belize, but yeah. also a sense of freedom yeah and my friend was like you need to buy a bike and i was like you're right yeah i couldn't i was like oh that's that's the thing that i'm missing in my life is a yeah. a bike it's funny you just made me think the idea of you know scooters and motorcycles two things i love all for those wonderful i love wind i grew up working on boats as a kid so i love the wind so it's like yeah it's okay to risk your life for the things you love but to give your life away and lose you know, to, 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 to take that step, if you can resist it, don't do it because life's beautiful, you know, it, you know, don't, don't throw, don't throw it away. I don't even want to say throw it away or give it away. I don't know how to say it because I, I know that that's not what I was in the process of doing and I had a minute, but you know, I'd rather see people just risk, get on a mo. I was on a moped in China. I knew it wasn't safe, but like you, I was like, oh, the wind is in my face and I'll just follow these other 9,000 Chinese people. I should be alive in an hour, you know? Yeah, you I mean, just scooter around and you feel the wind. It's, you know, and your Belize, you're picturing it coming off the ocean. Oh, and, right. And, you know, what, what I did, because I was so, I had never ridden a scooter before until I was in Thailand, which is, is of course, like the worst place to God learn. bless you. Uh, wow. Uh, but I, I was strategic in that I made sure that um, I rented a scooter in an area that wasn't, uh, densely populated it was pretty empty <laughs> and then i would the first day i only rode it when um it was like low traffic so yeah, like yeah, yeah. late at night or yeah, yeah. very early morning and then the second day i was really comfortable with zigging and zagging yeah. in and out but that first day i was i was terrified especially because it was raining yeah so it was like rain and it's my first time on a scooter I was pretty petrified. That's how I taught myself in China. I would wait till everybody was, you know, it got quiet. And then I would, I grew up on motorcycles. It was funny. I got on a scooter. I tried to go around the block in Shanghai and my legs were shaking. I go, oops, this is a whole different game. Yeah, a whole different game. Trying to get around. And, you know, you'll see someone in China jump up on the curb for half a block, jump off the curb. And I'm like, wow, that was incredible. And there's like four people on the the motorcycle. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So with the drinking now, have you, is it, uh, do you feel like it's under control? I came back from China, got on a friend's couch and like started to rest. 
and I I put my my I started to think how am I going to put this together everything I've learned about me and everything and you know I started hiking in Bergen County up to the top of the hill friend of mine uh Isabel has a place we call Club I and I was just like she's like look you know I'm at work all the time you know you want a place to just chill and regroup until you figure out where you're going I started doing spots in New York it was hard I was like it was like, it really, I wasn't, I didn't even drink when I came home. I just wasn't healthy. I was just like not healthy. So I started to hike giant hill. The payoff was at the top. I could see New York City. A lot wow. of people know that hill. Yeah. And then I could do it twice. Then I could do it three. I would go to Dunkin' Donuts. I would pray by the river, stare at New York. I'd chug my coffee. And then I would start to hike. And then I'd be four, five, six times. I started going to the gym. I started boxing again. And I just started to get alive. And I was talking to the right people. And I was also being honest. I wasn't beating around the bush with family members anymore. I was like, look, I love you. Don't tell me about my brother. It was my brother. It was my best friend. I know him better than anyone. This is actually the situation. I love you, but we're not going to play that. You know, I just started being honest and healthy. I love you, and I am okay, and we all need to worry about ourselves. And, you know, I just created some boundaries, and I also broke some because you can be silenced when you lose someone because not everyone can deal with it at all. Wow, that's interesting. My mom would literally tell me, we will not talk about that anymore. And at first, I would maybe do that. And then I was like, I was like, Ma, listen, back to me. I'm an adult. I love you. We will talk about anything I want to. And if you're not comfortable with it, then we can't talk. Then right. you and I, who are we? You know, and so you, I had to like, and it wasn't, it was like rebuilding all those relationships. But uh, with alcohol now, I probably had drinks three times in a year. Uh, I took in all my friends that go to meetings. I learned from them and learned about me and and um, and my body changed, which is now kind of good because now it's like sometimes I'll smell glass. I'm like, yeah, let me smell that. I'll smell it. I'm like, I, I, I'm on the thirty third floor again. Get this. I, I just feel sick as a dog. It's, it's oh my so- god, it's weird. It's like Pavlovian response now. I hear Mandarin and a guy building a, a an apartment building, and I have a leg over. And uh, so, you know, I've had I had a glass of wine with my girl at dinner on her birthday in October and I was good. I was like, yeah, I'm fine. And I I I feel so much better without alcohol. My body has just completely changed. If I was going to calm down, uh, you know, I might be tempted to bite a gummy or something, a half a gummy like, you know, uh, you know, so I might take a little gummy and relax. But the truth is no substance I've ever added to myself has brought me any happiness more than being somewhere beautiful and experiencing it with someone I care about, you know, and being like feeling like my stress was removed by just working out and not being a bitch. You liked, <laughs> you liked, uh, so you like Adelaide, Australia, Perth, and, and oh, what, Adelaide what, is incredible. And so, what other beautiful places have you? I've been so many places. I've been, um, you know, uh, I'd say my Hawaii is still ridiculous. Right. Hawaii, Kauai, um, 
um, Boracay in the Philippines where it's like there was three rainbows and crystal clear water. And I was like, as I started to walk out, I knew I was going to lose my sneaks in my bag, but I thought that's a fair trade. I'll take the three rainbows, you know, uh, you know, just some stunning places, uh, over in Germany's beautiful in the winter, just the yeah. trees. I'm weird. I like going into forest. So like you, you said, it. It. Yeah. so I go, my buddy's like, there's a castle. I'm like, I want to go into the forest. <laughs> He's like, you're really straight. You can see the forest from the castle. I go, not where I'll be. Yeah, right. You right. know. Yeah, and, yeah. I'm, I'm going deep. Into yeah. It. And so, you know, another interesting thing that you China you was beautiful about. though. Not to just just to throw a shout out to China. Uh-huh. China is stunning uh, on the so, outskirts. Right? Oh my god, yeah. Really? And the cities are gorgeous. And then when you go out to little towns, there's so much romance, like romantic. It's now couples. I see a and, lot of uh, pollution. Where is that? Where the there is pollution. Poor- in like Shanghai, okay. Guangzhou, and like and Beijing, right. but um, they're working on it, and um, they're really good about it. It's so funny because when it gets bad, literally they press a button, they pick up phones, and they tell them to shut the factories down, and then you get to see the real thing. But really? when you get out of the countryside, it's gorgeous. Wow, you know they have some of the most pristine parks in the world. You know, and the thing I, I love that you you talked about earlier be, before we even uh, this was the other night when we were talking, is that it took you how many months to learn or to even understand three Mandarin? months and one day I was in my neighborhood and I went to this family that understood that their dumplings like kept me alive for real. They kept me alive. It was the food that I could translate and I could do, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, and they loved me and I'd come in and I'd be like ni hao. And I heard them speaking, and I was like, oh, my God, I understand. I can understand, like, 20% more, and it just started to happen. I could understand Chinese. This is my girl coming in. But it was, uh, it was incredible. The, and, and, you know, it's crazy because I'm, I'm, I'm studying Spanish uh, on Duolingo, and everybody says if you just move somewhere for three months – that you will start to understand and pick up the language. And I was like, ah, but then you said that. And so I'm like, I felt oh, like that an confirms infant. it. That yeah. was like, wait a minute. If I want my bottle, I don't have to cry. I have to just go, bah, bah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> that, I mean, so, yeah, that, that's, that's crazy to, to, like, go somewhere where you don't even speak the language. And uh, it's a completely different culture and way of living. Yeah. And um, I had locals were so nice to me, like Storm so nice. Shoe, Chinese comic, literally – Took care of me. I called him all hours of the night. God bless him. And I was going through some stuff, and I shared with him everything. And he was, you know, I mean, I honestly, every single Chinese person I met in my tour and living in China was wonderful. I had issues. They were from other countries. Yeah, it really was. It really was. There was a group of English dudes. I'd see them out in a pub, and I'd be like, I should just run. I should run. I should run. And, and so, can you expand uh, expound more on the you calling your, your 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 that buddy of yours in the middle of the night at all hours? And because I think because at, at the beginning of every podcast, I usually um, uh, give out the one eight hundred numbers to yeah. suicide, yeah, and to talk lines. And I, I encourage people to call someone. To, there's somebody always for you to talk to right now. 24 7 uh, i've you know like i mentioned earlier i, I i've called myself um 
And so can you tell us why you and what that was like for you to, to call somebody at the middle of the night? You, you know what this little lesson was that I learned that is crazy? A lot of times we think we're calling because we're in a desperate situation. And then the other person on the call is there. They'll pick up at whatever hour of the night. And then you're talking to them. And then, like, you'll end up finding out. They're like, you know, I was in a bad place. And hearing you helped me. Thank you. Like, thank you for sharing this. Wow. Like, I've never told anyone that this is going on in my life. This thing happened. And that thing happened. And I'm talking to you. And I feel better. And you reached out to me. And my buddy, Storm... He's not used to that American call all night thing. And I would call him and explain to him. And he didn't have a brother. And I remember hugging him. And he was like, whoa. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. Am I? He's like, no, it's so cool. You Americans hug each other. I've never hugged a buddy. And we just became friends on a different level. So when I explained to him I lost my brother, he started to understand in a different way because I'd make him laugh. He'd make me laugh. We hung out, and I'd, like, smack him on the back. And he's like, I was like, no, no, that was good smack. That's not bad smack. <laughs> right, right. That's not like I'm trying to be a jerk. That's like, that was funny, and I hit you hard. I'll explain. I'm going to hit you again eventually. Sorry. <laughs> you know, but he would take my call, and, you know, and he was in his own, had his own stuff going on. So I, you're going to be blown away that however that other world works, you end up calling someone and thinking it's going to, you're embarrassed or nervous. That other person's going to be like, wow, that, that person just helped me or said something that enlightened me or showed me another way or, you know, and it's another day and another minute to get another second on the couch to get back to yourself. And you will get back to yourself. You will. I still get low. I go up and down, but I'm more honest with myself. I'm like, I'm sorry, everybody. I have to go to the gym. I'm not talking. I talk to my girl and that's it. I'm like, everyone else, see ya. Right, right. Absolutely. <laughs> Got to. Right, yeah, yeah. Come back to yourself. Yeah. Is there, um, is there, now when you pray, are you, do you have like the same prayer or do you have, uh, do you mix it up? Or I mix it up. The- I talk or I'll specifically mention people I'm thinking about or I miss or care about or, or talk to the people that have passed. Like my girl is Mexican. So we, just, we did the Day of the Dead here, which we did it like Mexico City was beautiful with people that have passed and her little brother had passed so we had pictures of them we had bread and we 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 you know did the whole scenario and it was uh it was it was beautiful and um but I pray I pray like prayer of St. Joseph I pray some Christian prayers I feel very connected to Israel I went there that was one of the most beautiful spiritual places I've ever visited if you've never thought about anything other like if you're an atheist and you go to Israel you will feel a spiritual energy that is going to just, it's going to trip you out. And um, I, you know, I would pray like some wayfarer prayer and different prayers from around. You know, I feel connected to all religions and all people. Uh, and so last couple things. Is there, what are you reading right now? Are you reading or what, like, what's a, what's a good book that um, maybe have helped? gotten you through some things and it, and it doesn't have to even be a self-help book you know i read a quote that said every book is a self-help book yeah so you, you, it could have been like a james bond novel well, or something but something that that gave you energy or you know right now my girl and i we wanted to change it up so we decided that we'd go to bed like an hour earlier and we'd pick a book and um we're reading charlie chaplin's autobiography so wow. So before we go to bed, I'll read a couple chapters, and we were just realizing like how his his early years were so beautifully 
hard and tough. They were so poor. And his mom was known for singing and she'd sing and she was losing her voice and losing work and losing the ability to put food in their mouths. So she'd start selling her favorite costumes when she was a star, one at a time to feed them. And they made it through this incredible, terrible period. But he said his mom would come in and do all of her old shows and she would try and sing as best as she could. And they'd be in that bedroom because they went from a three bedroom to a two bedroom to a one bedroom and he said it, it was some of the best times like his mom would entertain them and he he as a kid actually had a happy childhood you know so you know he listening to them when we're thinking about us and he described that period of time so well you know like you know they had no power and everything it's like crazy what we complain about but that book we're reading right now and his, you know, obviously his comedic relationship and, you know, I'm from Atlantic City. He so used to when, work when, in the boardwalk. When, when you say, not to cut you, I'm sorry. Not no, that's all right. But uh, when you say you guys are reading it together, like... Are, are One you, of us will read. We take turns reading to get, reading the book out loud. You're reading bed. the book out loud to yeah. each other. Yeah. That's, man, I, I, I thought I was the only one. You know, we always... We always think we're the only one who who who's doing what we're doing, right? Yeah, yeah. And I've been in so many relationships where you know because I have a deep voice. Yeah. The girls I date are always like, "Can you read me a bedtime?" Story? <laughs> 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 and, and I actually do it, man. It is it is fun. But oh, wait a minute, is that what she meant? I thought she wanted a book. <laughs> Great, I forgot. I didn't realize. She's like, "Hey, baby, it's me." Yeah. Oh man, it's uh, man. So that's that's dope. And then I see you have a lot of. Um, I, I, we're at Butch Bradley's house right now recording this, so the, there's probably a little echo um, in the background. But he has a he has Jimi Hendrix, which I have a Jimi Hendrix uh, painting in my room. Also, is this this Janis Joplin? Joplin. Jo- Joplin. There you go. And, and that's then, Freddie uh, Mercury. Freddie Mercury. Yeah, yeah. And, and and so are you pulling something from the like what what's the significance? Well, of music has always been such a big part of me and um but my um but Carla uh was a lead singer of a rock band for like 17 years, toured wow. all over Mexico and um she just always said she loved these three and she always loved Hendrix. So for her birthday, my best friend uh, who does off the wall signs here in Las Vegas, well we went away and I uh, asked him to hook me up, and he, when she came home, she came into this. So these guys inspire us. Jimi Hendrix, you know, obviously, and Freddie Mercury and Janis Joplin and music, and above your head is the audience hands. I don't know if you noticed, that's all the audience hands. Oh, no. Yeah, it's all audience. So it's all in black and white, and these are custom pieces, and wow. they were done for her, and uh, it's, you know, we love music, so, um, and both of us understand touring and entertainment, we understand yeah. the the tough times and we understand the the beauty of it. So uh, we like, we wanted to be surrounded by inspiration. Yeah. You know what? And, and for those of you listening, you know, one of the, another takeaway there is, uh, is when you look at your, your place and your surroundings, are you surrounded by things that you love that inspire you, that uh, encourage you, that nudge you in the direction that you want to, you know, a lot of places, you know, a lot of people have apartments with nothing on their walls and, uh, or no paintings or no pictures or nothing like that. And, and so to, uh, this is why funny you say out. that anyone touring or has a job where they're leaving their family to go away on business trips. 
I bring pictures. I bring a picture of my brother. I set up that counter really? right away, right away. I put up my pictures. I'll put up maybe me and Carl. I'll put up my brother, Bri. I'll put up a fun moment with me and my buddies, you know, maybe my dog. I try and I also carry crosses that I got in Israel, uh, rosary beads that I had blessed over there. And I and my buddy Avi Lieberman, a comic you might know him, he brings me back crosses every year. I give them to people, you know. But I put a cross up. I pray over the room. And I don't. I'm not. Re- it's not like a Christian thing. It's really just like, you know, I want negative energy to leave, and I just wash the room as best I can, and I make it my room, you know. Yeah, you're right. You have to have a, a, a ritual that I makes do. you feel. Yeah. I have a ritual for when I fly, but I never thought about the the paintings and having a ritual for the the room. The room, couple itself. pictures, positive pictures. Oh, yeah. So dude. when you when you 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 know you're in a hotel room and you look up, you see a couple pictures of your family. Even your subconscious feels better. Right. Right. Or even pictures of the outdoors. Or they even said. Even pictures of nature will make you feel connected to nature. So you don't have to be out in nature. And if, you know, you don't like your family, don't know your family, they just put up pictures of, it could be, you know, uh, abstract paint, but something that helps you to visualize. Like, you know, I started saying I want to I, I want to uh, perform in stadiums yeah. and arenas. Oh. And so I started watching, you know, Freddie Mercury right. and, and James Brown and Michael. I started watching their performances right. because... I, I don't. I want to visualize it, and I don't want it. I don't want the first time I'm in a stadium or arena to be, to be the first time. Yeah. I want to feel like I belong here and I've been here this whole time. Right. You know? um, Good deal. Visualization, you know, definitely. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, man. When Butch Bradley, this has been so dope. Uh, I always end every podcast with asking this question. You know, for, and this is and your responses for the listeners out there, uh-huh. right? The question is, and I'm going to lead in, is before you kill yourself, what? Before you kill yourself, I would say there's someone out there that loves you so much. It's unbelievable. You just haven't, you you just, you're not even, someone out there loves you so much. And I mean, an incredible amount. I mean, like the way the wind feels in your face, you know, the way the ocean feels when you first walk out in it, uh, the way the sky looks, sunset, sunrise, someone loves you. Uh, you know, it's really there. And the place you're at at that moment isn't real. What's real is step away and turn around and walk the other direction towards all that love that's waiting for you. Wow. That, and that's so powerful, man. And we're going to end it right there. Boom. Thank you guys for listening into Thanks another for having episode. Me. Thank you for being here. Uh, comment, rate, share it. We're on iTunes, Spotify. We're everywhere. And I'll talk to you guys Thursday. Peace.